Well, Pinkies, there's all kinds of activity in the neighborhood today. I'm turn off my, gotta get out of the garage here first. Close my garage door. They got uh, all kinds of construction going on in the neighborhood now. There's four houses that are being built across the street from me, but that's not the fun part. The fun part is today one of the neighbors across the street with a with a who bought their house, brand new house, last year, went the end of last year. November or something. Um, they haven't had a yard. Now they got a whole bunch of crews of people. Um, they got giant white boulders. Like, uh, like I wonder if they're building a retaining wall on the back side of their house because their house on the back side is a mountain. Um, here we go. Listen to this guy coming. He's, uh, we got a guy who's driving a little, uh, four-wheeler bobcat with a big, uh, uh, bucket on the front of it. He's been driving along, scraping up dirt and taking it to somebody else's house. So everyone is in cahoots around here, uh, with their, their dirt and what have you. Anyway, we are off on a chores, bit of a chores day. So I'm going to talk about an email I received from a dedicated listener. And uh, I'm going to talk about my father. So let's go. Um, I'm on my way today to the medium-sized big city to go to the Costco. I could tell you about our trip. We took a trip uh, to Alberta. I could tell you about the rough roads in Alberta. So where to start? Well, let's start with the, the let's start with response from listeners. I want to say thank you to the Laughing Buddha, who responded when I said in my last episode. I was talking about the cold program and how I like to roll my car out of the garage before I start it because it uh, runs very rich on the cold program. It fills the garage with fumes because it's running so rich. And I said, if you want to know what the cold program is, send an email and that right, it worked. Laughing Buddha responded back to me. Thank you, Laughing Buddha. So here's, here's the cold program. Way back when, before the late 80s, I think, before we got electronic ignition in all our cars and computer-controlled uh, you know, fuel and air ratios and all that, um, when you would start your car, you would have to use a choke. You'd pull the choke out. You'd start the car, the car would run not the greatest until it warmed up. And then when it warmed up, you had to turn off the choke because the car would run really badly if you left the choke on 
for too long. Um, And the choke was essentially your cold program. When your engine was cold, you used your choke. Um, And then along came electronic ignition um, and computer control to cars, the little computer brains. And they took away uh, what the computer did. There were all these, there's now all these sensors on our cars that measure the humidity in the air and the temperature of the air and the, uh, can you hear my flattened tires, my, my flat spots on my tires? Oh, it's going to be like that for a while. Like driving a helicopter. Um, so all these, in the new version of the world, all these sensors would measure uh, temperature and how cold it was and, and air density and all that. And um, the computers then decide how much fuel to put into the cylinders or into the throttle, the air mixed, air fuel mixture stream going into your engine to create the combustion process. But they, the computers don't quite know or the computers have these two versions. They have the cold program and the hot program, I guess. I don't know if there's a word for it. But when you first start up your car, your electronified cars run what's called the cold program, which is essentially the same as what your choke would do, uh, where uh, it, it basically runs the car on a set number of variables until the vehicle warms up, until your engine warms up. So that's the cold program. And then after the engine temperature comes up to a certain level, then the computer takes over and starts adjusting these things like, you know, it it looks what the air density is at and it changes the amount of fuel based on the amount of air density and how much load are you putting into the engine and all these other variables it's looking at now after it gets through the cold program. So that is the cold program. Thank you, Laughing Buddha. Um, I should also talk about our trip. So we had a big trip uh, to Alberta. I got a whole bunch of people behind me who want me to drive faster. Oh, I hate that. I don't have my my radar detector today because I have to charge my phone. Oh dear. And this is a police-heavy area. All right. And there's a big truck, trucker Alex in front of us up here. Um, so Mr. Anderson and I and Max the dog, we had a little bit of a vacation. And we took our big rig, the, the tow monster and the Landmaster. A fifth wheel trailer and we went over to Alberta to a little town called Lethbridge um, and we stopped along the way we were checking out some some other RV parks uh, just to see what they're like so we went to Alberta we got to Lethbridge now it's been unseasonably cold here in uh, my end of the country um, it actually got down to minus two one night and minus one Celsius while we were in Lethbridge. So that's quite a bit cold. So we really, we had to, had of our, we had our heat running. 
we have this electric fireplace in our rig and of course when you you don't pay for the electricity you pay your nightly fee of $55 or $75 or for us it's free because we're on a timeshare system with our RV so you don't want to be wasting your propane on your furnace you use use the parks resources so we were using our electric fireplace to keep the rig warm all through the night um, so uh, it got pretty cold there it was really really windy in Lethbridge as well the thing about Lethbridge is um, there's these lovely rolling hills but the wind is relentless. It's windy, seems to be windy all the time, except for about one or two hours in the morning <laughs> and then one or two hours in the evening. So uh, uh, there's a lot of wind in Lethbridge. And of course, when you're pulling 12,000 pounds with your tow monster, this wind is a real uh, detractor because it really increases I got the worst gas mileage in in Alberta, driving through Alberta, and I think it's because of the wind. Um, because we have all these mountains in British Columbia, and I got much better gas mileage driving over the mountain passes, Rogers Pass, for one, uh, Crow's Nest Pass is another one, going into Alberta, and. Uh, I got way better gas mileage in British Columbia climbing the mountains than I did in, uh, in Alberta, battling the winds and the rolling hills. These very sort of rather gentle rolling hills, especially by comparison to our, our uh, <clears throat> mountainous uh, passes in, in BC. So that was funny. That was funny to me. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it would be a much easier pull in Alberta, but it turned out to be not. Um, so, so there's that. So now, a bit of sad news I'll tell you about. While we were in Alberta, my father, who has been in... Oh, gas is cheap at 205.9. What's my gas at? Half a tank. Oh, I guess I can, I can buy some gas today. 204.9. That's about 10 to 15 cents cheaper per liter than it has been. Um, so, we're in Alberta. My father, while we were on our big vacation, my father, who is in, you know, uh, assisted living type of care, he, he has his own suite, and they feed him, uh, you know, they feed him his meals there and, and what have you. Um, but uh, he took a bit of a turn for the worse. My brother was going to... My brother who lives very close. I have two brothers. Um, I have a, a, a second brother who lives four or five hundred miles away from where dad is. Him and his wife were planning to go visit dad. So um, my close brother saw him on a Saturday some time ago. And he seemed to be fine. And then, uh, I think I want to pass Trucker Alex here if I have an opportunity. I've got a passing lane coming up. Oh, there's two trucks up there. Oh, darn it. Let me see. Getting our passing lane. Is it here? How well do I know the roads in my own neighborhood? Not very well. I screwed it up. Um, 
so he was fine on a Saturday. Then my brother, my faraway brother, came and saw him on the Tuesday, and he had declined considerably. He was not eating. He was eating about a half a yogurt a day, and he was oh, he was still responsive. He wouldn't talk much. Um, so uh, my uh, faraway brother. Uh, was quite concerned about him so they contacted me and when I was in Alberta and said looks like dad's on his last legs the the, ho- the hotel staff <laughs> the, the the care center staff there indicated that by their experience when a patient goes into this mode you usually have about two weeks uh, of, before the patient will expire oh can't pass here today too much traffic um, the patient will expire within about two weeks, they said. So, so Mr. Anderson and I uh, thought about it and we decided, well, let's uh, cancel our trip. We'll head right back. We'll head straight to where my father lives. Now, that was about three days of travel for us because, you know, for various reasons. Uh, I can only drive that rig for like four or five hours a day before it's exhausting to me and I would like to need to stop. Um, So we kind of made a plan to start heading towards where my father lives and cutting it up into two or three different trips. Um, So we were making our way there because you know you you gotta set up, the reason I don't like to drive too too long on that with that big rig is you got to break down it takes about an hour to break down and put everything away and fold up the sides and all that get connected and then you drive for four or five hours and then when you get where you're going you got to put you know pull everything out break everything put everything up unfold the sides and all that so uh, a travel day can be uh, can be a taxing day so anyway so that's why we didn't do like 16 hour drives <laughs> to get back to Canada well as you would know I mean back to British Columbia as you as you probably surmise <laughs> we were a day late and a dollar short as we were loading up for our last leg to go pull into where dad lives um, I got the phone call that he had passed away so my father has passed away. He died peacefully in his sleep. Um, the last two or three days of his life, he basically just slept. He was non-responsive. He wasn't really eating at all. Um, so he left us on four at 4 a.m. on May the 25th. So... You know, a bit of a... Of course, it's sad news. It's kind of sad that I didn't get to see my dad one last time. And, uh... So I regret that a little bit. But, uh, but, you know, in the end, my father was deteriorating with his Alzheimer's. I think his brain... You know, the brain not only is your mental... The mental skills sort of degrade when you have Alzheimer's but also it's the brain that's uh, deteriorating and you know 
the other functions that your body, that your brain controls for your body deteriorate too. And I just, uh, you know, my father has always wanted to go back to God and be with his wife, Lily. And uh, he had a do not resuscitate order because he wanted to, he wanted to join his God and his heaven and his other dead people in his life. So that's his belief. It's not mine. And I think my father was ready, was ready to go because he certainly wasn't the man that we all knew by this time. He was 85 years old. So uh, dad's, dad's left us now and we're now, I'm now in the process of uh, dealing with his end of life tasks. We're going to have a celebration of life for my dad on June the 18th and uh, my family's being very supportive everyone's helping out here things are going well uh, everyone's doing their fair share to organize this event and, and all that so I'm the executor of the will I'm dealing with the legal side and uh, dealing with his remains and all that and planning planning all of those things my my brother and his wife are dealing with notifying all the relatives and we're all kind of working together on organizing the service so that's that so I just wanted to let you guys know uh, my father has finally left us he'll be uh, I, I hope he'll be happy if uh, in his mind things come true he'll be with his wife and all that my mother who left us about 15 years ago. Um, maybe, what is it? Yeah, 15 years, I think. 2017? 20, 2007, I mean. Um, oh, I could have passed. Oh, oh well. we got a big passing lane coming up. Uh, so that's what's going on in my life. So you may not hear from me for a bit. I'll be quite a bit busy for the next little while dealing with my father's situation. And all the other things going on in my life. Um, so I just wanted to check in with you guys. I know you'll be sending your uh, consolative messages. And I, I'll appreciate all of that. And thank you. Uh, I know you are on my side. And you'll be thinking about me. In the meantime, I am the Fade Driver. You can email me at podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com. This show is part of the Pride 48 network of LGBTQ and LGBTQ-friendly podcasts. You can find more LGBTQ-friendly podcasts at pride48.com. Take care, everyone.